I kind of like that they're doing this because like, it's just onboarding more and more people into digital collectibles. And you get the ball rolling on this, you start doing it for World Cups and do it for all these different sporting events. I think these could have monetary value in a couple of years because you'll go back and there'll be tens of millions of people in NFTs and there's only going to be a tens of thousands of these collectibles out there. And if it was your favorite team and they happen to win this, damn it. <laughs> uh, then you're going to be like, yeah, I want that collectible from way back then. So yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Hello and welcome to the 56th episode of Floorcast, the NFT podcast. Back again, and this time with an entire crew. First and foremost, rejoining me, the wonderful Corwin. How are you, sir? I am not doing great. One, because uh, you're lagging because for some reason I'm uploading right now because you forgot to turn off the upload for me. Um, number two, you're really, really loud. Um, I don't know why. Sounds like a you problem, to be honest with you. No, Curtis just said in the chat too, you're still really loud. Okay, I've turned myself down a little bit. I hope that's better. Um, we're also joined by Curtis. Hey, uh, yeah, you're still kind of loud, but... Really? Um, Tolerable. Well, it, it's different because when you're talking in a conversationally, it's totally fine. And then you get into podcast voice and you're like 50% louder. So, okay. Well, I've turned it down and moved my mic a little bit away. Uh, Chris K, I hope you're not that loud now. No, and don't listen to them, Patch. You sound great. Thank you so much, my friend. You sound perfect, by the way. Just saying. Fantastic. I can barely hear Chris K. You're joking, right? <laughs> that is so loud. <laughs> Are you joking? Uh, it must be my headphones. Sorry. It has to be. It's always me. It's got to be you, because Chris and Curtis sound the same to me. Is this the first time we've done this? Like, <laughs> do you guys know how to podcast? <laughs> anyway, um, I've been complaining to Corwin offline about the weather in Toronto. It's really cold outside, obviously, but inside my apartment, it's really, really warm. Even when I don't have the thermostat on, the rest of the building must be, you know, everyone else must have their heating on and the insulation must be really good. So it's never cold indoors. And I like going to sleep when it's kind of like cold and you put your duvet on, it's kind of cozy. Chris K knows what I'm talking about. UK, that's that's the regular regular type of thing to do. But Corwin, you, you said you had similar complaints in New York. What's going on over there? Yeah, so actually over the weekend, it was like really, really cold. But now it's been like 50 degrees. Honestly, feels like it's summer again. Uh, it's just like nice sunny days. Don't really know what's going on. Uh, but yeah, like the insulation in my apartment's like really good. So like, I just like, if I turn on the heater, I can't sleep with it on at night. Like I'll just sweat. So I just keep it off now. No, that was maybe too much information. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there is an invention called a thermostat, Colin. Um, you should try and find yours. Um, I'm <laughs> not rich like you, CK. I live in the slums. <laughs> Chris K, why don't you tell us a bit about your trip to the UK? Yeah, it was good. So... UK was really cold. I think, you know, it's the opposite problem to Corwin, where everywhere is just so freezing, even if you sort of have a thermostat, put the heating on, um, you know. Uh, but went to Amsterdam um, on the way back, took a few days in the city. That was amazing. Um, I saw some NFT art um, at the MoCo Museum. There's one, I think, in Amsterdam and one in Barcelona. But they had Banksy stuff. They had um, NFTs by Beeple. I was curious, because um, there's like lots of science saying, you know, this NFT is on loan from this collector or whatever. Like, don't they just right-click and save as? Like, what's to stop museums doing that? Um, it just seemed really interesting. But yeah, really sort of arty cultural experience. And 
I discovered something. The metaverse is real. I found it mm. um, in the back of a coffee shop in the red light district. Oh, wow. Um, nice. Yeah. I would not have guessed that that is like, you know how when people are searching for like when and where the Big Bang happened? Like this is the equivalent moment, but for the metaverse, like... Oh, I get your pun. I get your pun. The Big Bang, Red Light District. Uh, uh, I get it. Pat. In like five thousand years, historians are going to be like, "Oh, when did the metaverse start?" And they're going to point to the Chris K Bang, which. <laughs> what? Stop saying that. <laughs> in Amsterdam. Um, sorry, what are sorry. you saying? I I don't know. I've completely lost my mind at this point. Um, I actually went to the Barcelona thing, the equivalent of what you went to, Dish to Art. NFTR in Barcelona. It was it was pretty interesting. Like I can't say there was much foot traffic compared to like the Pablo Picasso Museum, but um yeah, it was it was decent. Yeah, this was quite busy. Um like it was a small building. Like if anyone's ever been to Amsterdam, this was sort of the size of like the Anne Frank House versus um the Rags Museum. So like very small, very intimate. Um but yeah, everyone seemed to be lapping it up. Um you had people walking upstairs and asking um people, you know, what's an NFT? It, it was, um, you know, people I think were getting interested and, you know, they were watching the digital art um, and really, I think, connecting with the medium. Speaking of digital art, I'm also really excited today um, because I got a notification from UPS this morning that my Moonbird gold nesting reward is arriving today. Finally, after six months, I get a second bum back. Uh, no, um, I get an infinite <laughs> objects frame with my bird proudly displayed. So I'm curious to see how that pans out. Nice. Well, um, there was a bit of proof drama, wasn't there, about the the proof passes this week in terms of this three year revamp type of thing and, and the floor bomb. Did you see much about that, Chris? I saw a bit. I, I've been following um, the sort of Ryan Carson stuff a bit more. Like that, that just seems crazy and like. I, I'm not sure what's going on uh, there. In fairness, Ryan Carson, I think I'd credit him with getting me into Web 2. In about 2005, I know, Pat Cohen, you probably weren't born then, but, you know, just uh, bear with me. You know, he ran a series of events and workshops around sort of tech in London. Um, he got sort of speakers in like uh, David Hammer Hansen to sort of talk about rails. And, uh, you know, that was sort of really inspirational. I think that's sort of set my career path for like the past 20 years or so. Crazy how a workshop about the railway set your path onto like tech. Uh, absolutely. Well, you know, I just like trains. But um, the recent sort of proof stuff, and even sort of back like last year when he sort of took his sort of role as COO and then sort of um, got fired or left it after three weeks, um, it just started getting really weird. So now he's launching essentially the competitor to proof. He's sort of saying he stole their playbook. And then Kevin Rose is like, nope, no, we did the playbook. I don't know who he's talking about. And now all of these sort of investors are sort of backing out. Like I saw Gary V. And AJ sort of put out a statement. Does anyone know the the TLDR on that situation? So is is it to my understanding that he's tried to start another fund after the first one was fairly unsuccessful? Not, not I'm not unsuccessful in terms of like purchasing NFTs and and whatever. I'm I'm sure it was in that regard as well. But um, in terms of like actually getting investors to commit, loads of people. He, he said loads of people have put down like 100k to a million dollars. Loads of people then rebuked that. Lots of big NFT influencers and people like Gary Vee, etc. Someone, 
someone tweeted like that they'd only put 10 or promised 10k compared to the like 100k to a million he was promising i don't know corwin and curtis do you know much about this situation i i know some of the timeline um so it's for a new project it's, so it's not a fund um that was uh camera 121 was the fund uh, yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so this is this is for a new project that he's planning on launching. Um might be related to the Po app farming that is going on with the Daily Dose because w- when you attend Daily Dose episodes, uh he was giving Po apps and if you accumulated enough of those, you'd get whitelist for this thing coming up. But yeah, I think what caught the most flack is that he put these advisors on the website saying like these people have bought in. It was like the, the who's who of web3 influencers basically or like the not influencers per se, but like the big important people of, in web3. What he didn't say was that those people only put in a small amount. And this is pretty common in fundraising rounds. Um, he just did all this in public where you'd usually do all this in private. So typically what you'll do is you'll get a couple really big names, throw in a little bit. So in this uh, case is about 10K for some of these. And then you go and you start um, using their names to kind of fish like these bigger institutional investors that'll put in like the 150 or the 200s or whatever. So that's what he did, but he did it in public. And so... It wasn't very clear that these original investors only put in like 10K or had some sort of handshake agreement with him to do that. And the other investors that he was going to try and attract had to put in, I think, 160K. So when that came out, everyone's like, wait a second, you kind of misled us all into thinking that like Gary Vee and these other people had put in like a significant amount of money when they only threw in like the equivalent of like two or three ETH. So that was part of it. And then everyone kind of, number of communication missteps and everyone just started backing out saying like okay this isn't exactly what i signed up for like we're backing out so i think i don't think he has anyone left um of that original or at least no one's confirmed a lot of people backed out and a lot of people were like hey we're going to reevaluate after things settle down but uh yeah not a not a great week for uh that new project not ideal at all. Um, sorry, that wasn't actually in the show notes to start off, so we went a bit off piece. Colin, any last comments on that or Chris K before we move on to the real topics? Nothing at all. Um, we're going to start with Checks by Jack Butcher going absolutely crazy. Um, for those of you who don't know, Checks was a kind of an art NFT project launched by Jack Butcher, who's kind of famed for the Not Investment Advice podcast and, and a bunch of other things. He, he does some like really, really lovely, like, design work, interface stuff, some really nice art. Um, he launched this open edition called Checks. There was about 16,300 minted. The floor price is currently 2.2, um, with the sale, with the highest sale price being 52 ETH um, for number two. And there's an 88.8 ETH offer for number one. Does anyone know how long the open edition was open for and what the mint price was? Mint price was $8. Um, it was a riff on the verified check that you got for twitter blue because yeah. so jack is he specializes in communicating very complex or like very like deep thoughts in like insanely simple graphics um so this was like it was a grid of checks and he was playing on is the the subtitle was this artwork may or may not be notable to play off of the the twitter blue check mark which said like this person may or may not be notable um so that's that's what it originally was. I think it was open for. I missed the initial mint. I want to say it was a couple days to a week. Like it wasn't open for very long, and it just absolutely took off. I thought it was only twenty four hours, Curtis. It might have been. Uh, it wasn't a long amount of time, and uh, it was eight bucks. So anyone who got in on that mint is up insanely well right now. 
Yeah, I think one of the interesting things I saw around it was just the mechanics of the thing, because you, you minted your checks and then you could burn them to get more unique and more rare pieces of art. So it's not just a one and done, it's you need to burn some and then you burn more and more and more until you get that sort of rare one. And you're sort of choosing sort of when you sort of stop there. So the supply is deflationary as they go away. So I think that's probably sort of driving a lot of secondaries. People are sort of trying to sort of just make sure that they're holding a more and more rare piece. Yeah, just to do like a quick TLDR on, on the mechanics, um, it's very interesting how this all came about. So after checks exploded and the over 16,000 were minted, surprised Jack completely. Like it was just meant to be an OE for the art. Um, he started this Twitter mega thread where he started ideating on like, what could we do with this thing? And so the initial idea was like, let's play with the idea of like status and being verified and let's have this burn mechanic where you can get more and more rare pieces. I think the thread is over like 250 tweets. Like it's crazy. He was pulling people and saying like, oh, what should we do about this? And a lot of ideas. He's basically riffing with the public on what uh, checks ultimately should be. Um, but the final kind of burn mechanic is everyone right now has an open edition where the metadata just points to an image like most NFTs do. It's not on-chain or anything. And he's actually played with that a little bit. He's changed the metadata a few times. Um, just kind of to point out, I think he's trying to drive home the fact that like, this is different than on-chain art. This is something I can change at any time I want. The first step is you're going to burn that for an original one-of-one one generative piece, totally on-chain, um, but it's still going to be an 80 check. Then after that, you combine two to get 40, and then two of those to get 20, then 10, 5, 4, and then one check, which will be a single color. And if you combine three of those one check, or sorry, two of those one checks, you get a black check. If everyone burns and everyone burns optimally, there's only three black checks even possible in the collection. Uh, it takes 4,996 OEs to get to a black check, which is tens of millions of dollars at today's floor price. A single colored check is 64 um, checks. So it is insane how much money is going to be required to get to these things. There's also some game theory involved. So uh, obviously, if you're going to have some whales trying to get for the black check, there's some DAOs starting to spin up who might try and get there. The black check is going to be very, very hard to get. We might only see one ever made um, just because the way these these play out. But for the rest of us who aren't going to go for a black check, the one of one art piece you get is going to have a bunch of traits. It's going to have different color bands, different gradients. And the combining of these is actually more like a breeding system where there's some variability on what you get in the output. So there's going to be dominant traits that can carry through. You also get to pick which token ID um, gets carried through when you combine, which is why people are going for these meme numbers and low numbers. And so if you want like a pink single check, you're going to have to be very careful about what you breed along the way to get to that pink check because one wrong move, you might get a totally different color and your the pink might be like gone from all your, your checks now and now you can't get it back. So yeah, a lot, lot of really interesting game theory and game mechanics going on for something that seemingly started off like very, very, like as a very simple commentary as an open edition. So uh, it'll be really fun to see. There's lots of, lots of behind the scenes uh, wheeling and dealing going on to try and organize around these. That's fascinating. Like you really need to be careful what you breed along the way. This is probably one of the more complicated um, NFT mechanics I've seen. Like, there was that wolf sheep game thing. And like, I, I feel like then the sort of complicated mechanics died. Um, you know, they obviously like a year or so ago, they were sort of the rage. 
Um, but no, it's really interesting to see people coming back into it. The other thing with checks, I've seen so many copycats um, out there over the past like week or two. Like Budweiser did a, a sort of rip off of the art. I don't think they're ripping off the sort of mechanics. I think the average Budweiser drinker probably it might go over their heads. Crypto Package Goods did their sort of icons of the internet. Um, they had like some sort of burning mechanic that ties into their reward system. You know, just looking at some of the, some of the recent collections on OpenSea. You know, it seems like derivatives are sort of really going strong right now. Curious how long that's going to last. And I think it would be good to sort of see some of these projects sort of putting in a bit more thought and creativity in the same way that uh, Jack has obviously gone into sort of thinking about sort of this. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's been cool seeing the derivatives because uh, I think we've hit like mimetic escape velocity with checks right now. So... The original check is a CC0. The artwork itself was a CC0. So you can do whatever you want with it. And Jack actually retweets and mints most derivatives that come out. So it's been interesting to see it, like Budweiser and people like that doing the checks. So Jack's visualized value, uh, the company he runs, has a lot of training courses. And one of the most popular ones is something called Permissionless Apprenticeship, which is something he kind of believes in um, pretty deeply. And it's this idea that you don't need to ask for permission to do things. You can kind of build on something someone else has done, um, you don't necessarily need to go and ask Jack, like, hey, can I do a thing? Which is kind of underpinned this whole checks thing as well, because the way they're building the contract, the way they're setting up this project, it's unlike most NFT projects where it requires the team to stick around and like continue to deliver utility and a Discord and events and whatever. Because it's completely on-chain, once they launch the contract, it's not going to have a contract owner. It's just going to live. Jack doesn't have to do anything. The dev, Jaleel, doesn't have to do anything. This thing just takes on a mind of its own and whatever the community wants to do with it, they can do with it. And so in that way, it's permissionless because if someone wants to like burn them by sending them to the null address and like trying to co-opt the whole movement, they could. Like Jack has no control over any of it. So I think it's just, there's so many different layers uh, depending on how deep you want to go. You could look at it as like, I'm going to flip it all the way down to like, it's a commentary on like this permissionless apprenticeship idea. But yeah, it's, I think he's encouraging these derivatives. It's getting a little interesting seeing some people have good intentions with these and some you can see like, I think you might just be cash grabbing a little bit here. So hopefully people are being a little smart with their money and, and not just gobbling up all the derivatives and uh, filling the pockets of the not more non-desirables in uh, the Web3 space, but some of them have definitely been very interesting. I've, I've copped a bunch. Yeah, it would be really interesting if they extended this into like a full permissionless protocol for this kind of thing, where, you know, it's not just that you have art and a burn mechanic, but you can also burn the derivatives and sort of breed them together and see what comes out. Like that could be sort of a really interesting sort of next step there. The one other interesting piece I wanted to bring up is there's... Uh, the Czech King or Czech Whale, uh, he, he minted uh, 240 of these in the beginning, and now he owns 506, including Czech 1, 69, and 420. Uh, he is going to start up a Black Czech DAO. But the interesting thing, he's having a contract built right now, which is kind of an aggregator, and it's going to be completely open source, so he's going to release to anyone. The idea is that the DAO doesn't spin up until they actually get a Black Czech, and so it's going to be a situation where you can contribute your check to this contract, and withdraw at any time. The only time your check actually gets lost is if they collect enough to burn for the black check. And then at that point, you get a 
a DAO token for every check that you put in. And then like they'll form a DAO around that. Like the burnt check, the black check actually goes to a wallet that the DAO would control. So it'll be interesting because this OE burn meta, that contract could be used. You just set up different pointers like, oh, you can burn this token. This is how we're going to do it at the end. And you could actually set up similar DAOs, not just for black check, but for maybe some of these other bigger OEs. So it's kind of interesting what people are spinning up around this. Um, and people are just riffing off this idea and, and spinning up all kinds of cool technical solutions. Cool. Do we know who this check whale is? Is it? I always Colin? mess up his name. It's uh, Shrimpto. I'll, I'll pull up his name, but uh, he's big into DeFi, DFY, um, the perceived caution, and uh, in checks right now. I never knew that this was this kind of layered, complex, and interesting. I'm going to do a bunch of reading into it. Obi Wan from Floor is actually going, or Matt from Floor is actually going to put out a big thread today. So that should clarify it. One promising thing is Jack excels at distilling very complex things down into very simple UIs or uh, visuals. And some of the previews of the burn mechanic uh, website, it's going to be very simple for someone to look and be like, oh, this is how this works. And uh, just the way he's designing it and laying everything out, it seems very complex when you read through what it is. But when you see it, represented in Jack's style, I think a lot of people will start, it'll start to click. It hasn't quite clicked for a lot of people that they're getting a one-of-one generative piece out of this. It's not just an OE with uh, the same metadata as everyone else. Super exciting to see where this goes. Um, as I said, I need to do some more reading. I need to read um, B1's post on the newsletter and, and the thread. Um, we had a question from Nancy in the Floorcast channel in the Floor Discord. They said, ordinal inscriptions, NFTs on Bitcoin, question mark. What are your thoughts? And honestly, I did a bit of reading into this. Chris K, people are making NFTs on Bitcoin. And there's a bunch of debate within the Bitcoin community around whether or not this is a good idea. And a lot of people saying like, oh, I think it's a shit idea. But like, you know, Bitcoin is censorship resistant. So people can do whatever they want. Um, it's increased fees. It's messed with kind of like, how filled up blocks get because of the like how, how quick the transactions have been and so on and so forth and a lot of people are claiming to say that the only people kind of messing around with this stuff or creating nfts on bitcoin are bad actors using it to launder money or, or blah 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 so I, this is super fascinating i mean this wasn't really on my <laughs> this wasn't on my uh 2023 bingo card i know a lot of people have like some of the earliest NFTs were actually on Bitcoin. I forgot what they were called, but I think 2013, 14, there were some kind of experimental things happening, but like it just didn't work. Um, like if you transferred them from one wallet to another, they kind of like completely messed up. A lot of people had like glitches within the, within their actual NFTs and so on and so forth, et cetera. So it, it, it was quite a weird time. So we've taken almost a decade to now experiment with the Bitcoin NFTs again, which is, um, weird and i think kind of encapsulates the kind of development of the bitcoin blockchain <laughs> itself in in terms of how scattered and, and strange it is yeah this is fascinating that it's sort of coming up now in 2023 um so many of the comments um seem to be just bitcoin people who dislike nfts in general sort of you know we don't want this stuff in my backyard um I joined um, one of the Bitcoin sort of chat apps in my sort of exploration to find a new Twitter. Um, and like the anti-NFT sentiment, honestly, I feel like it's worse than going on Reddit. So I think like a lot of folks are concerned that 
you're going to get, um, what do they call it? Like gray goo, essentially, um, overwhelming the Bitcoin blockchain, um, as people sort of post NFTs containing porn, illegal links and sort of stuff like that. And I think if you're serious into DeFi and Bitcoin is sort of your place to go, you're worried. Does this sort of affect the credibility of the chain and sort of what you're doing? I think the other sort of, um, argument I've seen has been on the technical side where, yeah, it increases the size of the blocks. It bloats the chain, um, for these sort of projects that, you know, probably won't be sort of around forever. Um, and you need to deal with that legacy, um, going forward. So yeah, it's really interesting. I haven't seen or sort of looked at any of the projects in any great detail. I know you mentioned there's concern that they were sort of done by scammers. Cohen, Curtis, do you have any insight on this? I too have not really looked at what is being built on top of this. I know uh, the Ether Rock, or I guess you call it the Bit Rock now. So an Ether Rock clone was cloned on it, or uh, did on did on this. Uh, people have put punks. It's still fairly. It's very technical how you still do it, but now that it's out there, the text out there, there are people starting to build like whole collections on top of this. So I don't think I'll get into it, but it's interesting because it's brought up a lot of questions uh, to the Bitcoin community about how they use block space. There are people actively trying to block this sort of thing, this use of their block space, but then you get into all the censorship conversations, which is very interesting and could have, like if they were able to succeed in censoring this, then like that's a slippery slope that you're going down right there. So yeah, very, very interesting. It spawned some very interesting conversations, but it's also made the block space more expensive for Bitcoin, which I thought people would like because block space used to be at an all-time high back when Bitcoin was uh, far more valuable. And it's dropped like it's dropped like a rock uh, recently because people just aren't using it that much. Um, and now this kind of brought more use case to the chain. So I'm not quite sure why they're so anti it if they're just anti-NFT or they just don't like the block space using for stuff that's not a store of value, like just it's not a monetary case. But yeah, I, I think some are happy that, hey, we our block fees are back up. Yeah, the point of um, utility, I don't know, like there's lots of Bitcoin maxis and, and other people in the Bitcoin c- community arguing about this stuff. I think it's hilarious, really. Um, and I'm curious to see where this goes. And yeah, there's conversations about censorship resistance and all of that. I think they're going to continue on carrying on for a while. I mean, Corwin, any thoughts on NFTs on Bitcoin? Are you gonna you gonna get any? No, <laughs> no thoughts. Um, I thought now that Solana's kind of in the mud, this could be your new hey, blockchain. Hey, 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 Return hey, to your hey, roots. Hey, you know? hey, 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 hey. Let's let's calm down here, Pat. Solana is doing great. Um, but it's very interesting what Chris K was saying about how like they're super anti like and more anti NFT over at, uh BTC than what you'll see like in the average space. So very interesting to see. Um, but I need to do more research on it. I think it's less anti NFT and more anti non monetary use cases because the Bitcoin Maxi's position is that Bitcoin is a store of value. It is a financial system only, like it's replacing cash. And so to kind of subvert what their original idea is for Bitcoin and add like this the NFT or anything like you could encode anything in these Satoshis is not using it for being a financial instrument. So I think that's what they're taking. Obviously they're maxi. So like they're not going to compromise and come back to the middle on anything. They're like, it is a store value is financial transactions only. Like 
over my dead body, but they can't really change it at this point. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they can, what kind of support they can muster for any sort of censorship. But I, I really hope, I, I don't have any holdings of Bitcoin at all, but I really hope they don't go the, the route of censorship because it's just not good for any uh, blockchain. Radio, we'll move on now. But before we get to our next topic, I need to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by the Floor community. And if you don't know what Floor is, it's a app that allows you to aggregate all your NFTs into one amazing interface. Cool, Winnell, I'll hand over to you to let us know what the latest from Floor is. Yeah, we just had a town hall last week and Curtis is actually working on some amazing things that will be coming out pretty soon. Uh, so make sure you check the Floor Twitter daily. That was so bad, but Curtis still laughed. The next thing I wanted to talk about is Super Bowl NFTs. So there was a couple of really interesting things here, actually. So there are no crypto ads, by the way, in this year's And last year's too, except for one. Now and somehow made it into, I think it was like a Bud Light commercial or something, right? Well, but like last year we had FTX, Coinbase, etc, etc. Oh, yeah, yeah. But Did, no NFTs. Uh, ish? Gone, Chris, you're saying that you're rebuking that thought? Wait, I thought this was next week. It it's, is. It's this weekend coming, right? So how do we know there's been no ads? Well, reported ads, you know? Oh, well, because, okay. Like, Pet knows everything. Pet works with the super... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Wait, are we even allowed to say the word, though? What? Super yeah. Why can't we say the word? I thought it was like, like you can't say it. I'm not into egg ball, so like I've got no idea. You're right. They have like this trademark thing where mm -hmm. if we say, um, and like a third time, if I say it, like the lawyers will appear mm -hmm. and they'll You're sue us. No, 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 no this real. is a real like, thing. It's a real thing. Yeah. You, so you can't say the word three times in a row. No, you I can't. I mean, it say might it. just be once. So you I don't can't know. like put it like in your title or anything either. Like it's like a. I remember like on Reddit. So do we like need to bleep the word? Yes. Is that what you're saying? I remember on Reddit, it was like this huge thing like five or 10 years ago. So subreddit was like, it was like something owl instead of super. <laughs> That's so weird. Okay, well, uh, like, I need to consult superb owl. for this. Uh, superb owl. So anyway, the S bowl. Um, the Egg Ball Championship. The Egg Ball Championship. There are two really interesting things that I've, I've looked at. First is the um, Reddit Egg Ball NFTs. So there's four options. You can get one from either team, redacted, uh, or there are two more generic Egg Ball NFTs that you can mint. Corwin, you and I both minted them. Nice experience. Fun. Did you like them? It was actually a really nice experience. Um, it's a great open edition. I think there's like 500k now. Maybe they're notable. Maybe they're going to get burned. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's actually really cool to see the NFL um, like actually working with Reddit to make these. The experience was nice. So like I just clicked a link and it like opened up like the the Reddit app on my phone, which I'm not even a fan of the Reddit app. I use Apollo, by the way, like best Reddit app on the market. But it opened up the Reddit app and it like let me like swipe between all four different things. They had like one, two of the teams playing and then two generic ones you could choose from. And it minted straight to my wallet. It was great. I got like number 16 so i was like i got it super early which was cool yeah really good experience like you deep link straight into the app you don't even realize this is a crypto transaction um it's fantastic and like reddit did this for the um world cup um uh, at the end of last year it's really cool to see them jumping on us of all these events um and putting stuff out and you know i i'm curious how well some of these collectibles will hold their value i think cohen you said the floor price on the S bowl ones was like 
eleven dollars. It's like two dollars now. Yeah, no value. No value. All they got to be is like, hey, we're going to introduce some burning once they close the open edition, and then it's going to go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, to to mint those because I'm I'm not plugged into the Reddit NFTs. You do you have to f- credit card or do you have to load up with Matic? Like, so this is the crazy part. Now I'm thinking about it. Is you have to have Reddit Premium, which is six dollars a month. But here's the crazy part: is you had to know to go to that, to go to their like subreddit and mint it or get an email, et cetera. And 560,000 separate accounts went and did that, that are paying $5 a month in just one day. That's crazy. No, it's a fact checker here, Colwyn. I think you're full of crap. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's straight I, up wrong. <laughs> Is that actually I'm wrong? not a Reddit Plus user. I'm not Reddit oh. Premium either, and I'm into it. Oh, then I guess anyone can do it. Uh, for the other ones, you had to be Reddit Cor- Premium. Corinth thought he was in an elite club, and turns out he's just getting fleeced uh, no, for No, I didn't think I was in an elite fee. club. No, it's, oh, God, I'm going to go cancel now. Because the, pre- the previous uh, collectibles, you had to be a Premium user. No, I don't think so. Like, if you just go to the... Really? Um, am I tri- oh my God, why am I paying $5 a month? I think it's to customize them. You have to be a premium user. Why am I paying $5 a month? Uh, I'm canceling this right now. I don't even think that's the case, Pet, because I can, like, give mine a different pair of trousers and everything, and it doesn't seem to want to charge me. So I think there are some premium things that you can use to customize your thing with. No, I'm, cancel- I'm canceling this right now. What am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing? I was lied to. Use that five bucks and buy some soul NFTs. Exactly. I could have bought five soul with that money. So the other thing that I really wanted to chat about was, um, so the founders of uh, DigiDaiku, is that how I say it? Um, they are launching Digi Dragons during the Egg Bowl, right? During one of the Egg Bowl ads, they've spent $6.5 million on this, by the way. There is going to be a free mint of Digi Dragons, and there's only a 10,000 supply. Does anyone envision there being any issues in this? So they're actually taking out an ad? They're literally, they've taken out a $6.5 million ad and they are doing a free mint via one of the adverts with a QR code. That's it. Do we know the details on, like, is this a Polygon thing? Is this an East thing? I don't know. I have no details. Digi Dragons. That's all I know, my friend. So this is going to be interesting. Wait, it's a free mint? Oh my god, I'm loading up. I'm literally <laughs> glued to, I'm glued to my TV. I am glued to my TV Sunday. So what is the play like what do they want to accomplish here because there's some competing things here like 10,000 is such a limited supply. It's cuz it's a free mint. Like people who are in the know like in web3 already are going to load up on these like Corn just said like he's going to go and and stake like stock the contract and like Get it right away. I've just linked it in the floorcast uh, chat, by the way. I, I don't imagine too many normies are going to be prepared for this. So they better have like a really nice onboarding flow, either through like one of the email, like all you do is provide an email and spin up a wallet type deals or like credit card, like kind of like the Trump NFT where it's like, I can just give my credit card and get NFTs. Um, interesting what their their approach is, like what they're trying to get out of this is. Because if, if I were to spend the, I don't know, five or $6 million on a Super Bowl ad, I do like the doodles two type thing where it's like, there's like a million of these or even the Reddit thing, like open edition, like unlimited rarity, like just let's get as many people's eyeballs on this as possible. I'm confused though. It says you have to register your wallet beforehand. So this isn't for new people. This is just for existing. The tweet you just linked is making me like register my wallet. 
Listen, mate, all I know is they spent $6.5 million. They're doing this out. It's going to be a cute fucking. All, all I know is... All I know. I'm giving you the high-level info, right? Like, this is this is a, a, a newbie-friendly podcast, right? And uh, as someone who I went on a call with the other day said, oh, your pet from the floorcast. Oh, I quite like it because it's like a no-bullshit approach and no-hype approach to uh, NFTs. And I was like... Are you sure you've listened to it before? Are no they bullshit? listening to the right? Calling bullshit I just like told literally them, all the time. I just told them that they have to pay for Reddit Premium. No, you just ex- you just saved a bunch of people who may have followed your lies in the past or fell for Whoa. the same marketing you did. I reckon I reckon you're going to owe I don't know, 10 months worth of <laughs> Reddit Premium to a bunch of people just then. Uh, I have to yeah, connect I'm, my Twitter. I'm very confused about what they're trying to do here. I'm so confused too. Is this legit? Like I'm connecting my Twitter. If I was an OG holder though, why does this benefit me at all? Like if you're not onboarding a mass amount of people, why did you take my 6.5 million and spend it on an ad that's targeted at like normal non-crypto users? Yes. Have you been in NFTs before this podcast? (laughs) Where's my hoodie? I want my hoodie. Okay. Um, does anyone have any other thoughts on the Egg Bowl NFT type vibe that we're going to see this year, or, or should we should we call it to a close? So last year, remember they like everyone was hyped up because. Oh wow! Okay, just in. Where where'd you get this news from? Just in. Thank you, Thomas, who's obviously joined as like you know co-founder of WGMI, but also as like an assistant producer to the Floorcast. Um, the oh fuck the Egg Bowl. It's going to ban crypto TV commercials. Does that mean Web3? I mean, I don't know. Any, any crypto, I you imagine. You tell me, man. Wow. That is, um, that kind of makes what we've just said for the last, what, 10 minutes or so kind of defunct. Well, but it, it does make sense because if you, <laughs> these, these are the same people. No, no, because Super Bowl is very conservative. So when the Janet Jackson thing happened for a period of like five or six years, every performer was like, super covered like they always react with like they way over correct and then they come <laughs> that back that tweet that tweet <laughs> what are we looking at i'm sorry i'm sorry oh guys. Someone tweeted, you see the tweet that pet just put how am i supposed to get my digi dragon now fuck 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh i just registered i just registered uh so- corin are you the new Steve Aoki? <laughs> like, as soon as you registered, they got banned from the, the Egg Bowl championship. Oh, my God. And then what? there's just a bunch of XRP bots down in the comments as well. That's just so good. Oh, my God. The guy from the fa- no, no, the CEO of Limit Break, who are the founders of Digitech, <laughs> yeah. posted See You Sunday. <laughs> Wait, did they just post it right now? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. This is so good. We never get to break news on the floor cost. Oh man. Oh, oh they sh- replied to it. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what they saying. replied. It's a shame this is gonna get like legally taken down because we use the word the correct word for egg bowl. Sorry, we'll just guys, do we, the... we interrupted you in No uh... no, we'll just do the all in podcast thing where we just bleep out the name. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, just gonna I'm just gonna bleep it out. That's 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 what we'll do. Um sorry, carry on, Curtis. We we interrupted you with breaking news. No, I have no idea what I was saying before this. Um, <laughs> back to the Reddit NFTs, though, even though I'm not in it, I, I kind of like that they're doing this because like, it's just onboarding more and more people into digital collectibles. And like, you get the ball rolling on this, you start doing it for World Cups and do it for all these different sporting events. I think these could have monetary value in a couple of years because you'll go back and there'll be tens of millions of people in NFTs and there's only going to be a 
tens of thousands of these collectibles out there. And if it was your favorite team and they happen to win this, damn it, <laughs> uh, then you're going to be like, yeah, I want that, that collectible from way back then. So yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Definitely going to have to do some bleeping. This is going to be a bit of a nightmare. Um, I think we should wrap up before any more breaking news happens. Corbin, any final thoughts? I have some breaking news. Oh, damn. Oh, so here we go. <laughs> um, checks has already gone up 0.15 in the time that we've been talking about it. So 2.35 is now the current floor price. So if we bought it instead of um, talking about it, we'd be in the money? You would be much richer right now. Uh, damn it. Actually, you know what? It's probably going to be closer to three by the time this episode comes out. So one thing we didn't really touch on, and I'll just leave it here and we can we can end the podcast, but the more expensive this gets, the more attractive a check becomes. It's kind of like a luxury good. There's a name for it. It's a Veblen good. It's like a Louis Vuitton bag. It's like the, a Louis Vuitton bag is no better than like a similar quality bag. It just has the logo on it and it's just like a hundred times more expensive. What about a CPG bag? No comment. Uh, so... This is getting to a price level that, like, even DeFi whales, like uh, Deepak, uh, bought into it yesterday because Jack changed the metadata to point to be the alien punk that he has. So you're starting to get DeFi whales coming in, and just like these these sh- whales that you don't really hear about in NFTs coming in, and they're just buying up huge amounts of these checks. So could be very interesting. Right. Okay. If no one has anything else to say, I know we've got a community question, but we do really need to wrap up. We'll answer that next week. I just cancelled um, my Reddit subscription for anyone wondering. <laughs> you can find us at the Floorcast on Twitter. You can find Floor at Floor on Twitter. Uh, you can find Corwin on Xerox Corwin on Twitter. You can find Curtis at Curtis J Cummings on Twitter. And you can find Chris K you can't by email <laughs> on <laughs> Nowhere to Find You. Oh, yeah. You were reading everyone else's. I thought you'd read mine. <laughs> no, you can find me on Farcaster at, at Chris K. Um, I've already had one person who DM'd me and was like, I'm on Farcaster because of you. Floorcast is great. So please um, don't be a stranger. Say hello. That's just a lie. I don't believe you. No, it's true. Scre- no, no, it's screenshots true. or it didn't happen. It's true because they tagged me in the post too. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, cool. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Uh, just remember that nothing we've said today is financial advice just great advice and for any egg bowl lawyers listening i sincerely apologize i'm not from america and i didn't know the rules we're going to bleep out all the egg bowl mentions apart from the first one when i introduce it so hopefully no suing pretty please um thank you very much for listening to the floorcast we'll have more content for you next week Bye.